I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Genesis, chapter number 19. You know, it's kind of cold outside. It's kind of drizzly. What a great time for a Bible study. Man, I just, the praise and the worship. Just, I'm just so thankful that I have a place, that my children have a place, that my grandchildren have a place where they can worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, that is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big deal. Um, there is, a, you know, there's an assault. The spirit of our world and the spirit of our age is against children. I shouldn't even have to qualify this stuff. Drag queens, sex changes. Now they're advocating these gender transitions without the permission of the parents. I curse that spirit by the authority. If you haven't put your hands together today, let's do it right now unanimously. I come against every spirit in this world that is against the image of God. We are at war. We are at war. And God is not requiring us to get a picket line, signs, start walking in front of Planned Parenthood or one of these kind of deals. The way that we do it is just get in the Holy Ghost and do the will of God. That does more damage to the enemy than anything else. Is to be faithful, move in the Holy Ghost, and reach for the lost. Genesis chapter number 19. Several verses of scripture right here, starting in verse one. And there came two angels to Sodom at even or at evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And the angels responded to Lot and said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. I want to talk to us for a few moments this morning about angels in the street. Angels in the street. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray. Again, in the name of Jesus, God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for your spirit, thank you for the word of God, thank you for your people, thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that is in this room, this environment, this atmosphere, this, this culture. We pray that you move among us. Those that are visiting with us, we pray for a spirit of understanding and revelation. 
Allow them to see wondrous things out of thy law. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This, of course, is a famous story that we're kind of jumping in the middle of it here. But I'd actually like us to turn back to Genesis chapter number 18. And in verse number one, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. This is an incredible occasion. Ishmael is now somewhere between 12 and 14 years of age. And there is a theophonic form, God in visible human form, accompanied with two angels to announce that Sarah will have a child. They will call him Isaac. And that is exactly what is taking place here in Genesis chapter number 18. And we don't have time to go through this entire chapter. It's an incredible passage of Scripture and shows the dichotomy between the attempts of the flesh and the uneasiness of being patient. You know the story, how that Abram went in at the request of Sarah and produced Ishmael. Now Ishmael is a young teenager, and the Lord appears to proclaim that Sarah will have a child. And she laughs in her heart. And actually, Abraham laughed as well, knowing that they were quite old and past the age of, at least they thought, past the age of producing a child. But nonetheless, it was in the will of God and they did produce an Isaac. After this particular conversation, um, the Lord continues to talk to Abraham. In fact, in verse number 16, and the men rose up thence and looked towards Sodom. Now, there's some interesting things about this that we, we need to look at here just for a moment before we proceed, and that is, is that these angels were in the form of men. They did not have a halo. They did not have wings. They did not have a gilded sword. Um, they came in the form of men. That's very important. 
And actually, the Lord appeared as a human. Now, theological um, studies and those that study the word of God claim that this is a theophany. Whenever you hear that word theophany or a theophonic form, it literally means a temporary manifestation of God so that he can dialogue, he can, he can talk to people, he can be seen for a specific period of time for a specific purpose. And everybody said, praise the Lord. This is in many different places throughout um, the word of God. But here it's critical because the angels are on a mission. And the very first mission is, is to proclaim that a son is going to be born, that is going to be the fulfillment of a promise made from God. Um, and, and there's other things that take place, but I want to stop long enough to say that the ministry of angels is not always doom and gloom. It is, always, it is, it is to make an announcement of the fulfillment of a promise from God. And is there anybody under the sound of my voice that has ever got the answer from a prayer or the answer from a promise from God? Well, I'm gonna tell you, it's the devil's business to try to discourage you from ever getting your answer. Um, and Abraham and Sarah producing an Ishmael is the classic example of people that did not trust God. And yet Abraham became the father of the faithful. I think sometimes we gloss over some of the heroes in the Bible to where they're not even they're not even adequate examples, to where there's something other than just human beings. I want you to know that Abraham and Sarah was just like you and I. They made a mistake. Somebody come to church today, all right? They made a mistake. But your mistakes are not gonna stop God from fulfilling. There's some people under the sound of my voice that think that if they mess up, that it's going to disqualify them from being used of God. Really? God prophesied to David that I'm going to establish your household forever. That was before Bathsheba. And even after an act of, an adult, of adultery, would you, would you recognize with me that in Luke chapter number one that Gabriel came and said, I am here to announce that the one that's going to sit on David's throne is here. I'm not saying that we should gloss over sin. I'm not saying you should sin at all. But ladies and gentlemen, when you make your mistake, you need to say, God, I've messed up, I made my mistake, and let the prophecy of God continue in your direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's not almost right, that's Bible. And so, the two angels stand after this conversation regarding Isaac and Sarah would surely give birth. The two angels stood up and they faced Sodom. Now, Sodom is 
doesn't need a lot of introduction, but it is absolutely an example of evil. It is a city that absolutely embraced unnatural affections. In the New Testament, it said going after strange flesh. They celebrated it. They, they were passionate about it. And these angels stand and face Sodom and then begin to move in the direction of Sodom. Now, this theophonic form continues to stay and dialogue with Abraham. This is extremely important, famous passage of Scripture. In fact, God um, entertains he, he speaks to himself and he says, should I let Abraham know what I'm about to do? Um, and he reasons. We're seeing this, this theophonic form. It's God manifested in a human form. And he says, seeing that Abraham will become a great man and a father of many nations, God decides to share with Abraham what is about to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to stop long enough. This is not my message, but I want to stop long enough. I want God to include me in what he's about to do. I don't want, I don't want God to leave me out of the loop. If God's about to do something, I want God to look at my life and say, you know what, uh, there's been some obedience here, there's been some faith here, there's been some consecration, some dedication. I'm gonna go ahead and include the pastor in what I'm about to do or whatever your name is or whoever you are. I don't want God to leave me out, why? Because I have a family member that's over there sitting in the gate of Sodom and I need... Somebody help me right now. You need to be living for God in such a way that God keeps you in the loop of what he's about to do. And so Abraham says if there's 50, and he goes all the way down to 10, if there's 50 righteous, will you destroy the whole city? No. God says no. Goes all the way down to 10. And Abraham said, if there's 10 righteous, will you spare the city? And God said, yes. This is a great place to talk about the church being the salt of the earth. That as long as you and I are here, and as long as you and I are doing the will of God, this thing is not about to go up in smoke. It may continue to go, it may completely, the eradication of all morals, it may continue to sink in absolute and abject lawlessness, but you and I are here, we have a job to do. The job is not to sit around and puff out our chest and look and say how spiritual we are. And look, No, 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 no. We are here to win a world that's needing of God. And so that is a famous conversation that's taking place right here. But that does not stop the angels from moving towards Sodom. And then here in Genesis chapter number 19, 
It says, and there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. I don't want to talk a lot about Lot, but I want to tell you what, it's real tempting. Here is a man that was sitting in the gate. The gate is a place for all municipal affairs that were done for that community or that city. He was a somebody in a city. The problem is it was a city that was fitted for destruction. And so Lot was not under a covenant, which might be why he was still operating out of the vanity of his human will. I want to tell you what, if you want to be blessed, you hang around somebody that has a covenant with God. What does that mean? That means if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you are bound by a covenant. If you are baptized in Jesus' name, you have the accumulation of every covenant in the Old Testament wrapped up all in one, including the, the fact that God is now our Father. Come on, somebody. I, I, this covenant gives me hope. This covenant... This covenant guarantees my prayers are going to be heard. My prayers have an answer. Come on, somebody. Get excited. Not about baptism and the titles of a fictitious trinity, but baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Clap your hands and give him praise. Lot was a family member but he was not a covenant man. He chose the well-watered plains. He chose the easy route, the easy way. And now he's sitting in the gate at Sodom. His family is living in Sodom. And these two angels approach, and Lot had been hanging around a covenant man long enough that he knew how to behave around supernatural things. And so there's an incredible amount of hospitality that takes place. But this dialogue that takes place here, in the, especially in verse number two, and Lot said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night. Wash your feet and shall rise up early and go on your ways. And the angel said, No. We will stay in the street all night. Now, of course, Lot knew what that meant. He didn't give these angels a lot of credit. Those angels knew what that meant too. Because as soon as the sun went down, Lot, Lot pressed them to the degree that they consented and said, okay, we'll come in. But evil men, both young and old, surrounded Lot's house and began to ask for those two angels to be put outside so that they could know them. That is talking about sexual relations. 
it got quite violent. And Lot actually went outside to try to reason with the people of Sodom, and they were beyond reason. When you're, when you're a reprobate, you cannot be reasoned with. You can only reason with the person that has a fundamental foundation of common sense. When people have lost their common sense and they are reprobates because of sexual immorality, you cannot reason with them. That's why the nonsense go, I didn't know I was gonna get off on this, but just give me an amen every once in a while. The stuff that's going on in our world is reprobation on parade. They are reprobates. They can, you cannot reason with people. I want to tell you the greatest damage that our church can do is not get out there and surround these places and have a picket line. If, if you think that that is it, that po politics is not the answer. You fight that on your knees. You fight that in the spirit. You fight that by doing the will of God. By you coming to church and paying your tithes and being faithful, you are doing damage in the spirit. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. Let's send a nuclear warhead out of this building this morning. Somebody praise the name of Jesus, whether you feel like it or not, but because it's the right thing to do. Come on, give him praise. Give him glory. Lift your voice. I know you get comfortable sitting in that pew. It's got lumbar support. It's padded. It just looks like a comfortable place. But I want to tell you, every once in a while, we need to send a warhead out of this congregation into the spirit world. The devil is not going to mess with this congregation. Stay connected. Some of you precious people that live a long way from the church, you need to make sure during the day that you're doing the right things. That is a horrible place for the devil to start grooming and cultivating thoughts and ideas that are not good. Stay connected to the body because you're safe. This might be one reason why the writer of Hebrews said that we ought not neglect the gathering of ourselves together because there's strength in the body. You might not even be perfect. You might have issues you're dealing with. But when you're, you're in a God-appointed place at a God-appointed time doing the will of God, you're at your highest. You're at your highest. Oh, my God, I feel it all over me now. Don't get sidetracked in your mind somewhere out on the fringe and then that you're easy picking for the devil. No, 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 no. I am connected to my brother and I'm connected to my sister and I am part of the body of Christ. Somebody give him praise right now. And so these angels preferred to stay in the street. Their mission was the proclamation of a promise and a prophecy to Abraham, but a proclamation of judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. If it had not been for these angels, Lot would not have made it out. His wife, because she 
would not submit to headship, she turned into a pillar of salt. She had been so used to doing her own thing whenever she got around to do it that when an angel, even the book of Hebrews said that we should listen and take heed to the dispensation of angels. And that angel told her, do not turn around, do not look behind you, you just run straight ahead. But the Bible said she turned around and looked back and was immediately turned into a pillar of salt. But if it had not been for these angels, Lot and some of his family members would not have been saved. This is why I'm believing God for a revival among backsliders. Because if we'll take the posture of Abraham and say, God, if they'll just call on your name. God, if they'll just talk to you. God, if they'll just, come on, somebody, help me out right now. I don't want to see any family members be lost. I want to see everybody fill this house. Anybody that's been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. God, don't leave them in this world. God, send an angel. Send an angel to stir them. Send an angel to bring them. Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet. My mind has been blown, which considering my aptitude was a very small explosion. That's the humor portion of this message. Enjoy it while it's given to you. We have had evangelist after evangelist after evangelist that is telling us that 2023 is going to be the year of growth, it's going to be a year of the supernatural, and it's going to be a year of the backsliders. You know what that tells me? There's greater angelic involvement and interaction with this congregation than we even understand, than we even... I got to get you to believe this with me today because while we're sitting here worshiping God and magnifying, there are angels in the streets that are looking to point people back to their mama and daddy and back to a pew and back to an altar and back to a prayer room and back to the Holy Ghost. My God, lift your voice and give God the praise. Yes! I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to talk, say this. Judgment begins first in the house of God. God is judging on a level that heretofore has not happened. That is not to destroy you. That is not to get you to pack your bags. That is not to hurt you and wound you. That is to perfect you so you're ready for an eternal weight of glory that's just on the other side. When God judges you and God tries to get the carnality out and the worldliness out and the lack of faith out and the lack of faithfulness out, that's not God trying to drive you away. That's God preparing you for that trumpet that's going to sound and you... 
But while we're allowing God to perfect us, there's angels in the streets that are bringing people back home. I wish that you would pray with me right now. I would that you would praise with me right now. I would that you'd lift your voice with me right now. Somebody shout with the voice of triumph. That next backslider that walks in the back door, I'm ready to put my tennis shoes on. I'm ready to do a high five with an angel. I'm ready to run these aisles. I'm ready to praise God. I'm ready to come out of my... This is why mom and dad, let me give you a good insurance policy that when somebody's child comes home, You rejoice with those parents. I rebuke an ugly, nasty spirit that looks down on other people. You better be careful. You better be careful. I'd get happy about backsliders coming home because they'll get happy when your children come home. The angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. Come on, let's do it like the angels. Let's clap our hands. Let's lift our voice. Let's give him glory. Take another lap, mama. Let the angels see that we're preparing for a homecoming, not just sitting there twiddling our thumbs. Maybe seated. If you'll help me preach. You know, if you yawn in a church like this, either you're on drugs or you've been praying all night. You young people, don't you dare come in here saying I was I was on my Xbox all night. I can't get into worship. You get a good night's sleep so you can come in the house of God and give God everything you've got. In fact, put that Xbox up for sale and get you a prayer life. Mr. PlayStation. Man, I felt something right there. Angels in the street. Brother Mark Drost 
was here in December. He's coming back for two nights in April and then two more nights in May. And we may have him two more nights every month for the rest of the year. Why? Because the man's an apostle, that's why. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my grandson's not here, but he just loves it when I say, ladies and gentlemen. A little brave. While Brother Dross was preaching, I'm going to invite you in to my cranium. But you cannot live here for free. And since I invited you in, I'm also going to invite you to leave. Immediately after say what I'm about to say. Is your name Brother Georgie? Yeah, you'll be preaching again before the end of the month. I just wanted the devil to know that. So now he can start fighting the devil. That's how he's going to get strong. He's not going to get strong on easy. Well, he's a graduate from Bible college, and now he's prepared to take a church. Baloney. I'm not saying he won't pastor someday, but it ain't going to be because he's got a diploma. It's going to be because he knows how to battle in the spirit and has a prayer life. And has been pulling down strongholds in the name of the Lord. So this is how I think. There's two guys in the back sitting right there where Brother Tanner. I already asked these guys what they were doing here today. Put them on the spot. You know, if they're going to find a girl, they might, they're going to have to find it in a church. I know why y'all are here. I don't mean to blow your cover, but that shows how smart they are. They're not on a dating app. They're not online. They're not out in the world in a bar. They're not, they're not on a dance floor. They're in the house of God looking for, let's just go ahead and clap our hands to get it over with. Give him praise. There were two guys sitting back there exactly where Brother Tanner and his friend was. Now, this is just how my mind thinks. Uh, I've never seen these guys before, and I've never seen these guys since. So I walked up to him. I said, hey. I mean, they were, had their hands raised. They even came up to the front talking tongues. So I went back there during the meet and greet, and I said, how you guys doing? Great. Where are you from? We're from around here. How'd you hear about the church? Are you ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen, I've been keeping this in my pocket for two months so I could share it with you, and this is what I'm telling you about today. He said, as soon as I got up, there was something told me to go to Cornerstone Pentecostal Church in Liberty Lake. 
From that day until now, I cannot escape from the, the sensation I have and the imprint of that in my spirit that those were angels. God, if you're going to send people anywhere, send them right here at 1622 North Cornerstone Way. We'll love them. We'll give them a Bible study. We'll put them down in the only name under heaven given among men whereby they must be saved. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Angels in the street. You may be seated. There's an interesting scripture in Hebrews chapter number 13. Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew number two. Brother Andrew number one is right over here. So that's Andrew number two. Hebrews 13 and one. Let brotherly love continue. That means... That you love everybody. That's why you've heard your pastor through the years come unglued against cliques. Well, pastor, it's just all our family. Well, your family needs to get busted up a little bit. Let some other people in there. You know, we're about ready to start our family nights in our gymnasium. It's over 95% done. And the very first volleyball game will be the Sergeants against the Whitmires. So y'all get your spiking shoes on. We'll have a big time. Let brotherly love continue. I love this one, I love that one, I love this one, I love that one, I love this one, I love that one, I love this one, I love that. I love them all the same. I don't have favorites. The love level is critical to revival. Now, God knows I love people because he knows your history and your life better than I do. But the little bit that I know, God makes sure that my love level is where it ought to be. That's real quiet right now. Go to the next verse, please, Brother Andrew. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels. Angels have moved off the streets and come to church. What are they looking for? Verse 1 said it best. Have you ever, I haven't seen this in many, many, many years, but sometimes churches, they get, they get so inclusive and so locked in, and it's like Peyton Place. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about... And it's more about that than it's, did you hear about what the Lord did? 
Did you hear about what the angels did? Did you hear about what the prophecy promised? And it's, I like this one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Uh, I don't even want to shake their hand. This one, that one, this one. The angels say, <clears throat> we ain't going in that place. When the angels come in, they want to make sure that the guys they're about to usher from the bar to this church are not only going to be made to feel welcome, but they can find an eternal, eternal residence from that place. You see, we're not just working by ourselves. There is a invisible agency in Spokane, Washington that's been waiting for somebody to say, you know what, I'm not worried about what organization's doing. I'm not worried about what the headquarters is doing. I wanna know what the kingdom is doing. I wanna know what God is wanting. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and clap your hands. Go ahead and give God the praise. Well, Pastor, you know, I know those scriptures are in the Bible. I've always wondered about that, but I don't know that you're right, okay? Acts chapter 10, there's a guy named Cornelius. Go to verse number one, please. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a military man that had 100 men in his charge. Verse number two. A devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much offerings to the people and prayed to God always. But he was not saved. He was not a Jew. He had never even heard about salvation. Go to verse number three. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, a what? A what? When Brother Dross was here, these two men sitting in the back, I believe that God was giving this pastor an indicator that we're not here just working by ourselves, but there are angels in the streets. Backbiting will stop angels. Spirit of competition will stop angels. An ugly bitterness in the pew that is bitter against the pulpit for any reason will stop the angels. Churches that get off focus and get caught up in all kinds of other stuff will stop the angels. But a church that gathers together and lifts up Jesus and says, we got room for the transgender people. This is going out all over the world. I want everybody to see it. If the angels want to bring some transgender person to this church, they are welcome. My God, we're going to fight for that soul. We ain't letting go of nobody. 
Drug addicts are welcome. Alcoholics are welcome. Broken marriages are welcome. Gender confusion is welcome. Because greater is he that's in us. Oh, clap your hands and give God the praise. I've experienced what I'm preaching about. Might be one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this, this operation of angels and how it works with apostolic church. It is not going to work with a church that does not preach truth. It is not going to operate with people that don't have and love the apostles' doctrine. It's got to be the apostles' doctrine. It has to be truth. They have to be living separated. They have to have an understanding of holiness. I was 30 years old as a drug-infested, alcohol-fueled rocker on stage in San Francisco in 1983. I was 30 years old. At approximately 11 o'clock at night, the curtains parted and a voice spoke to me. It wasn't in my brain. It was in a deeper part of me because I never forgot it. Approximately a year later, I received a witness from somebody that talked about being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was my very first visit to the Rock Church in Sacramento, California. They were in a storefront on La Quinta Court. And when I put my hand on the doorknob of that door, that voice spoke to me again and said, you're home. I had never been there before. I did not know one person in that building. What were they doing? They were worshiping God. They were praising God. They were, they, they were, they were living for God. They were separated. They were godly. They were worshiping. They preached and loved the truth. They were, they, and they loved me. This church is going to experience that kind of a revival. I'm telling you, I experienced it. I was talking about this last week. I walked in. I could not identify with one thing going on in that building. Hairdos way up here, long dresses, 
Everybody, all the guys looked like FBI agents. I wasn't prepared for any of that. I could not interpret one thing in that room. I could not comprehend, no reference point for any bit of it. But there was something in the spirit that I knew that this is from another world and it feels so good. It, it just feels so right. That's what I'm telling you, Cornerstone. We may have to set aside our little personal innuendos for the greater purpose and the greater good and say, God, I want you to use me. I want you to use my prayers. Your prayers can bring somebody off of a bar stool. Your prayers can bring somebody out of a house. Your prayers can bring somebody out of a drug den. Your prayers. Clap your hands and give God the praise. That's why we are just going to pray and fast. Because prayer and fasting, I believe, empowers angels. It, it, gives, them, it gives them more to work with. Like, like your, angels can be, can be trying to do something, and I'm going to tell you, devils attack people. Devils are at work right now. Devils are at work in people's minds. Devils are at work in people's marriages. Devils are at work in people's homes. All trying to affect the outcome of angels working with an apostolic church to bring about a great revival in an entire region. But ladies and gentlemen, greater is he that is in me, and greater is he that's in you, and greater is he that's among us. And if we will fuel all that with prayer and with fasting, we can go beyond the prince of Persia, we can go beyond the prince of Grecia, and we can bring about the kingdom of God. Every service, I'm looking for those two guys. I told brother, when I first talked to uh, brother Mark Dross, we had never met. We'd never even talked. I said, Brother Dross, you don't know me. I don't know you. Do you have any openings in your calendar? He said, yeah, here and there. I said, I'll take every single day you got that's open. When you find angels that will operate with an evangelist, like before he comes next time, we're going to have five days of prayer and fasting. I mean, we ought to be doing that anyhow, but we're going to be in preparation because I believe God's saying, if you will get in alignment with this and work with apostolic ministry, you'll see the backslider coming home. You'll see people coming in from everywhere. They'll come from the north. They'll come from the east. They'll come from the west. They'll come from the south. Angels will not send people to a dead church. 
Now, I do not expect people to be running and jumping and shouting like me or like anybody else. Just be yourself. That as long as the celebration is all in the same place at the same time for the same purpose, I believe that we can attract the attention. Now, some people would say, Pastor, we're not going to get excited until they get baptized. And some people may say, you know what? We're not going to get excited until they speak in other tongues. Go to my last scripture, Brother Andrew. Jesus said, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner Cornerstone is going to get excited when a sinner comes to the altar. Cornerstone is going to get excited when one person flicks their cigarettes. Cornerstone is going to get excited when one person gets rid of a computer because of internet pornography. Cornerstone is going to get excited over one husband that was backslid that makes a decision to come back home. Cornerstone is going to get excited over one backslider that comes home and makes a decision to live for God. Stand to your feet with me and clap your hands and give God the praise. Just one sinner that repents. Come on, clap your hands. Give him praise. All of heaven rejoices. I think this will really be an encouragement to somebody here right now. The reason why the angels rejoice over one sinner that repents is because direction is more critical than perfection. Honey, I may not be everything I'm going to be, but I ain't even close to what I used to be. Somebody go ahead and shout. Somebody go ahead and give them praise. Devil, I may not be doing everything perfect, but I'm not doing anything like I used to do it. Somebody shout. Somebody leap. Somebody give him praise. Direction is more important than perfection. Lift your voice and give God the praise. Give God the glory. Give God everything. Don't, don't let these guys run by themselves. Somebody take a lap. Somebody rejoice. Somebody say, devil, you keep telling me I ain't perfect, but I ain't smoking dope. I'm not running around. I'm not. Musicians, y'all can come. 
I've been spending a little bit of time down south. Now I'm just saying, y'all. It's actually lazy. You all are welcome to attend to the platform. I want to see somebody get the Holy Ghost today. I'd love to see somebody get baptized today. I'd love to see somebody change direction today. All of heaven is interested in one thing. I need to change a direction. They may not be perfect. They may not have obeyed all the gospel, but at least they're not running the direction they were going. I would that somebody under the sound of my voice could make up your mind and say, you know what? I'm quitting this. I'm quitting that. I'm quitting this. I'm quitting that. I'm quitting this. I'm quitting that. Clap your hands and lift your voice and give God the praise. We now come to the most critical. Don't get, don't get bummed out when somebody leaves Cornerstone in the middle of the service in the praise service. I've seen it a hundred times, but I've seen some of those people come back, and I've seen some of those people come back and get truth. When, when they come to a genuine apostolic church, they are not going to identify, because of the programming and the propaganda of this world, they are not going to understand one thing that we're doing. But there's something about the human spirit. You can feel sincerity. You can feel love. I mean, the love of God that is flowing horizontally out of all of us to our precious visitors. And that begins to start the wheels of progress in their hearts and in their minds. Everybody, let's lift our hands right now. I want us to pray. I want us to pray for a change of direction in this service today for somebody. Somebody change your direction. Instead of walking towards the world, taking a long walk off a short pier, take a walk into the promises of God and say, you know what, I'm not going that route anymore. I'm not going that direction anymore. I'm getting rid of this. I'm getting rid of that. I'm getting rid of this. In obedience to the word of God, I'm going to do this. This altar is now open. Come. Come from all over, all over the sanctuary. Bring somebody. Take them by the hand. Bring them in Jesus' name.